0: My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest today is Melissa Hinnant. Melissa is the president of Grace and Lace Apparel. She lives in Austin, Texas, with her husband, Rick, and their three kids, Sienna, Jet, and Livia. Melissa, welcome to Heroes for Her. Thank you so much for having me. So it's been so awesome the last several years to just follow the progress of Grace and Lace, but before we even get into any of that, I just want to tell you that Austin is one of my personal favorite cities to visit. Did you all grow up there?
1: No, well, actually, um, I'm from the Midwest, Minnesota, actually. But um, I mean, I guess I joke with my husband that I got here to Texas as fast as I could. Um, but uh, we love we love Austin. My husband's been here since uh, well, he was born in Texas, but been here in Austin um, since college. So um, we absolutely love the area.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. We uh, we always talk because there a lot of California people have decided that they're going to move to yeah. Austin because it's like the cool hip <laughs> thing to do. And we're like, oh, the secret's out. Like people know that Austin's yep. way cooler than than they knew before. It's awesome. So I want to just jump in and I've, I've watched several interviews and like I said, watch the progress of Grace and Lace and watch just the expansion and the explosion of all that God has done in a very short time. And you've called Grace and Lace an accidental company in a lot of different interviews and just people, you know, you've shared the story so many times with people. Will you share the story of how this all got started?
1: You know, I call Grace and Lace, I do, I call it my accidental company, but really, through Christ, I I believe that nothing is accidental, that there's a purpose and a plan behind it all. However, the reason why I do call it that is because I didn't start out to start a business. I actually, since a very young girl, always wanted to be a wife and a mother, and I desired to be able to be married and and raise children and, and that, so I didn't start out to start a business, and that's why I call Grace and Lace my accidental company. You know, the business actually kind of starts from a tragedy. We, following that vein of wanting to be a mother, shortly after Rick and I were married, we were trying to get pregnant and had some challenges and it took a long time. And finally, when we did, over the moon excited that we'd be starting our family. And one day I was at a routine doctor's visit and the doctor suddenly told me, Melissa, you're going to give birth to your little girl within 24 hours, and she's not going to survive. And it was absolutely the worst news, the worst shock, the worst. I, I mean, I felt like this isn't happening. I mean, they they rushed me into emergency surgery. Rick was out of town at the time. I, I mean, it was like our world suddenly came crashing down to know that and this is a dream and a desire, something God has put in my heart. Since I was a young girl and suddenly it's being taken away from us and, you know, just went through a lot of emotions. The surgery was successful, but I was told that I would remain in the hospital for the duration of the pregnancy. So potentially five months and to try to get this baby to a survival age that she could survive. And at that point, I mean, that was when I instantly felt like a mother. I was going to do anything and everything, lay on my back in that hospital for four to five months if I had to, for her to be healthy and whole and I lived in the hospital, was only able to lay on my back and couldn't do anything, couldn't get up, I couldn't walk around, couldn't even really sit. And so while I was there in that hospital bed, I was, I'm not the type of person that can just lay around and watch TV. And so I remembered that I had learned how to knit and crochet when I was younger. And so I took that back up laying on that hospital bed and I began to make baby blankets and started to make a blanket for our Hallie, our little girl in my tummy you know, watched the days pass by, checked off the days. And one day, just the worst happened. The doctors just said, your body is going to deliver this baby and it's still too soon and she's not going to survive. And I had Hallie and yeah, her lungs weren't developed enough to just survive. And so we lost her. And it, again, the most heart wrenching thing that we could have ever gone through. And after we lost her, Rick came into the hospital room after I'd had her, and we were holding her. And he said, You know, Melissa, we have two decisions to make. We can be mad, bitter, and angry at God. Wonder why a good God would do this. Why would we have to go through this pain? Why would you know all all those questions? And or we can trust and believe that God has a plan. That for some, that there's some reason, some purpose. That something good is going to come out of this tragedy. And it wasn't like it was easy for me to just switch, you know, snap my fingers and say, Oh yeah, I'm going to believe that we believe me, we went through very, very hard times, but I did choose to believe God has a plan. And while I was there on that that time in the bed rest in the hospital, and I was knitting and crocheting, I made myself a pair of these boot socks. I wanted a pair of socks for myself with lace on the top of them that stuck out the top of my boots. And that's really where that time in the hospital is where my love for knits began. And one day I made this pair of boot socks and they took me forever to make five hours and I promised myself I'd never make another pair again actually promised Rick I'd never make another pair again and everywhere I went I wore them everywhere I went people would stop and ask me where I got them and when I said I'd make them strangers would hand me their business cards or their email or their phone and say, can you make a pair for me? And one day Rick said, why don't you just put them up online, see if they'll sell, you're getting all this interest. And I did. And within a matter of days, we had over 500 purchase requests for this pair of lace topped boot socks.
0: So as you're walking down the street and people are coming up to you and you did like a light bulb go off and you were like, okay, I can use Etsy as sort of just the platform or the way I can get these out into the to the world of the Internet so people can find them. Like, did you know it then or did you have to wait and see sort of what happened in the next several days that followed to realize, hey, something something really amazing is going on? Yeah,
1: you know, I knew by strangers stopping me that I, I was on to something, I guess, but I had no intent. I, I, I've i always been a do-it-yourself type of person. I've always been a figure-out-how-to-make-it-with-my-own-hands type of a person. So I had no intent to make them to sell, but I was using Facebook just to, you know, post pictures of all of my stuff that I had made or that I do myself. And I had, after we had lost Hallie, I had opened up an Etsy shop where I was making those blankets that I was making and the baby clothes and stuff that I was making on bed rest. I had opened an Etsy shop just to see if some stuff would sell. I had zero intent for it to become a business. It was just an outlet for me to to make some things. So, yeah, when I wore it around and got the the questions, the interest and the response on Facebook and total strangers somehow seeing these pictures and then putting them up online and literally within a matter of 3 day 2 3 days Having that response, then we knew we were onto
0: something. And I love hearing just the story behind that too, because as you read a little bit about her, if you watched, you know, the the Shark Tank video, or or if you've interacted with Grace and Lace in any sort of a way, there's always that focus on the first pair of leg warmers, and you wore them outside, and people would stop you. But that was a real part of the healing process for you—not just creating this one pair that took you hours and hours, but just crocheting and knitting and creating several different things as part of what God used to heal you. Is that what you were feeling during that time? That it was really just sort of a blessing to be able to create these things? Absolutely, absolutely. I feel
1: like a lot of the healing of the loss of Hallie came through me creating. And I don't know if that necessarily... And maybe it ties back, you know, that I wasn't, um, I felt a lot of mom guilt that, you know, something was wrong with my body that she wasn't able to survive. And so a lot of that healing came with me being able to create something tangible with my hands because I lost her and my body couldn't continue to create her. God just really continued to speak with me and allow that healing to come through me creating tangible things with my hands. And so, yeah, I mean, from that day and Days in the hospital. I mean, I just continued to keep doing that. I mean, I I shed so many tears on a lot of these blankets and things that I I've sewn, just because that, that was a way that God was really speaking me through that.
0: Well, and it's such a powerful way, and it's such a testament to how faithful God is, right? Like it, even in this. I mean, I, I can't imagine how staggering and painful and just you know filled with grief you must have been. But th- you know, there's God right alongside you and and creating this this way for you to heal. You know, by doing exactly what you just said, creating something new. So you know, you're making these new things, they're up on your site. And then you're all of a sudden overwhelmed with orders in really a matter of days. And it happened so quickly. How did you keep up in those early days? Well,
1: um, both my husband and I come from very, very entrepreneurial backgrounds. Rick has been a business owner since high school days and right out of high school. And I come from a very entrepreneurial family as well. So I don't know, I guess looking back, I don't know that I could run from having a business if I tried. I guess making that one pair of socks and it taking me five hours. I'm never making another pair of these again. And here I have hundreds of orders to fulfill. And I'm going, oh my gosh, it took me this long. It would have been very easy for someone who's not, you know, entrepreneurial minded to just be like, oh, shut it down. We can't do it. We don't have the supplies. We don't have the manpower. But instead, you know, my husband and I were like, okay. You can do it, you develop the pattern, we can train other people to do it. And so we quickly formed a team. I hired all my stay-at-home mom friends that knew knew how to sew. And I drove around to store, just all the local stores, buying all the supplies. And before we knew it, we had this little operation out of the little corner in our master bedroom, our little condo. And hiring all my neighbors and we found a way to fulfill all those orders, but at the same time, more and more are pouring in. So we just developed a system developed a business really out out of the need out of the the demand for the product.
0: I love to. And, you know, if you find Grace and Lace online anywhere or, you know, like I've researched so many articles and just read the whole story of that, like seeing pictures of your little living room condo and how you guys (laughs) built shelves into the side of it. And you've got like yarn and I mean, all over the place, just strewn about the room. And it gives you this really clear picture of, yeah, I've got this idea and I'm going to create something, but I don't know. I can't see so far out into what it's going to become. It's really more about just taking it one step at a time. So you're, you know, you're hiring your friends and you're sort of getting this community of people around you to help you keep up with all of the the orders. And it was probably overwhelming at the beginning, but you got a handle on it. Where did you see the Lord at work during that early time where you're, you're, you're putting people together and you're getting together and you're driving around to find all of the things that you need to create all of these products? Like, where did you see it God at work in that early time?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, from day one, for me, there was a lot of healing and creating through the loss of Hallie. And so I really felt a sense of from those early days of like, God is drawing me into my purpose. Like never would I have imagined or dreamed that I was going to own or be in a fashion industry. I'm not a fashionista. I'm not. I've never worked in retail. I've never dreamed of owning a boutique or anything like that. And it's so funny, but I've always known and kind of kind of going back to my childhood days that, you know, I wanted to be a wife and a mother, but I knew that God had given me some talents and giftings that were, were outside of the home. And so whether that was owning a business or being able to do something out of the home or something where I could still be home with my kids and have something going on the side, that was always a, a desire. Um, I remember being in my early 20s, kind of going... Okay, God, you know, I want to be a wife and a mother, but is there something still that I can maybe do on the side when they're in school or things like that? So, seeing God's hand, I mean, never in a million years would I think that it's this multi million dollar business that I'd be designing clothing for women, but truly, God was just leading me step by step into this, which is ultimately his purpose.
0: Well, and you mentioned, you know, giftings and callings and feeling, you know, talented and sort of just, you know, trying to listen for the Lord's voice and like pursuing the things that he's put inside you that you're, that you do really well, but just the callings that, you know, that he's whispering to you and and go over here and do this. And I read a while ago about just your heart to help those in need and Something that God put inside you that I I really want to explore and develop in in my own child, and I know a lot of our listeners do, is just Mm -hmm. that servant's heart, that heart that says, I want to go help the people around me that need something that i can provide is there something that i that i have as a value that i can that i can help them with and in 2013 you grace and lace partnered with angel house to build orphanages for kids in in india and i want to spend a little time talking about you took a missions trip i think you were 18 at the time and you, you went over there what did you see there and why did you feel i mean even early on like back in your teenage years why did you feel called and like you had to get involved
1: well, Erin, I grew up in a Christian home, very active in the church, very active in youth group. in kids church had a had a phenomenal kids program at my church. I remember being, you know, very involved with that and friends and on to youth group. And I went on my very first mission trip when I was thirteen years old. I mm-hmm. still can't believe my, my parents allowed me to do that. But my heart was wrecked for the world and for missions on that first trip. And I knew that I had to keep going back. I think if every teenager in America or every 13-year-old in America could see what the majority of children live like, what the majority of the world lives like, I really think our nation, our world would be a completely different place. God really pricked my heart for children and for missions, for really the poorest of poor, starting when I was 13. And every summer, I kind of say, instead of poolside with the other teenage girls in my high school, I spent my summers overseas on mission trips. One, two-week trips up to two-and-a-half-month trips. And so India, I did when I was 18. And that was the most poverty-stricken trip and experience I have ever had. Out of all the countries, I think I've been to 18 countries. I have never seen poverty. I've never seen. I mean, we we worked in orphanages and Mother Teresa's homes in Calcutta. And I hadn't seen Children, I mean, literally, they had bottles strapped to their faces because there wasn't enough workers in the orphanage to even feed the babies. Babies in these cribs hadn't even ever been held because of that. And I literally wrote a note in my journal that summer that just said, I am so broken. I I see the need, the clear need here. Like, I've got to do something more. And gosh, I mean, it's just so God, like I would have never, again, never in a million years that I dream that I would have a business that would be able to fund and support and actually build orphanages there. I just thought, you know, that note in my journal was going to be, well, maybe after college, I'll come back or during college and spend a significant amount of time here. And so once we realized Grace and Lace was a business, there was no question in my mind what we needed to do, what we needed to link it to and use the funds. For uh, really this global impact and perspective,
0: I think this is so important. And I would just want to stay here for a second. So, I, you know, I think what the, the blessing for me and the encouragement I know for parents that are listening right now, there is a heart to be had for people out in the world. And you think too, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to start your own business, that it's all about making money. And I, here you are, you know, you, this has been on your heart for years and years and years. You took a trip and, and it changed you, it impacted you in a way, and you continue to explore your part in in creating ways for people to benefit, ways pe- for people to thrive. So I wanna talk a little bit about the ways that Grace and Lace has partnered with Angel House. So your initial partnership with them started in 2013, so it's about four years ago. Can you just walk us through that initial year, what, what the plans were, what you actually were able to create and get going, and then how that partnership has grown in India to benefit those kids?
1: What's funny is actually that relationship with Angel House goes back, Gosh, almost almost 20 years, way before we actually partnered to do it. Lindsay and Dominic Russo, the founders of Angel House, I actually know from way back in my mission days when I was working for a, a mission organization that I was in India with. And I know them from way back then. So Lindsay's heart for India was pricked at the very same time that mine was. And we didn't have contact over the years, but she actually started Angel House the very year that I started Grace and Lace. And it's funny how God brought this together. So her heart is pricked for India. She starts a mission organization, a US-based mission organization, but a funding base to build these orphanages over there. The same time I start Grace and Lace. It's so so
0: weird how God works, right? (laughs) I know. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Exactly the same time. (laughs) <laughs> right. When And here we are
1: almost, you know, 20 years before that was when, well, not before that, but 10, 15 years before that was when the Lord was pricking our hearts in India at the same time. So when I realized, Dominic, that they started this and, and how they were funding it and how they had built it and that that business was growing, I mean, gosh, that it just was like light bulbs. This is so God ordained that he would allow them to have the tools to actually do the setup and the building and the construction and the finding of the house parents and the collecting of the orphans off the streets and have that whole organizational system down. And then at the same time, God is over here exploding our business so that we were able to support and fund that to happen.
0: What is this year, you know, 2017 and into the next few years, what does that look like for your partnership, for your company, for just everything you guys have going on?
1: We started with a goal and the mission to build one home, and then we went on Shark Tank, and obviously sales just completely so- soared, so we were able um, to open two homes, actually, the first summer, and now we have, since we've opened seven over there, and I mean, God just allows us, he keeps opening doors and allows me to keep dreaming. We actually just broke ground on our Freedom Campus, and the Freedom Campus is similar to our Freedom Home, which is actually taking girls that are in the sex trade industry, taking them out of the industry, teaching them a skilled trade, bringing them into a home with counselors, women to love them, to help them out of the abuse that they've been in, and train them in a skilled trade. Sewing, bracelet making, jewelry making, haircutting, that basically empowers them back into society. So we had a home there in Nepal that's been working with a small number of girls, but we just broke ground on our Freedom Campus, which is actually going to be a full training facility and a campus so that we can bring hundreds of girls
0: in. It's so exciting, Melissa. You have so many amazing things going on. It's, it's just, it's our honor to highlight you and, and all of the amazing work that, that God is doing through you to benefit others in this world. It's just, it's such a, a positive story and one that continues to go and surprise us. I mean, it's just as we follow your story and just all of the things that God is doing, it's such a blessing and encouragement to me. I know as a parent, and I know it will be to our listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me, Erin. This has just been so great. So we wrap up each episode, and see how fast that goes? It's like 25 (laughs) minutes, and then it's over. (laughs) Um, Every end of the episode, we do something called The Scoop, and it's three rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So obviously our podcast is called Heroes for Her. We love highlighting heroes for girls. But when you were a girl, who was your hero?
1: Oh, my gosh. What a great question. Um, You know, my hero was actually Ordinary Women, that were making um, that had a significant impact in my life. I can think offhand, my my children's pastor, my youth pastor, my volleyball coach. These were godly, amazing women that really I have inspired me. Inspired me at a young age that I wanted to be like them. They were making such an impact in my life that really set really set an impression in my heart of what. I guess would be a hero to me if someone that I wanted to become or had, had traits that I wanted to be like when I grew up.
0: Second question, what is a piece of advice that you've received that has impacted you in a powerful way?
1: I really think it's just simple, uh, as simple as being true to myself. A lot of times I've strived and struggled with striving to become someone or something that I feel like I have to be to meet a need where it, it moves me out of of my gifting or out of my talents and really just being true to who God made me and the talents he's given
0: me and being true to myself in that way. Last question, if you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? <gasps> secret superpower. You just read the um, book last night with Sienna and she yes, and Abigail has the power I, of bravery. <laughs> I love it. And I'll put you on um, the spot. Which secret superpower would you like? <sighs>
1: To be in more places than one.
0: <laughs> it's a total mom answer. Total mom Sorry. answer. Like, okay, I got three kids. I got 45 places to go. Can I just be exactly. all in all of them at one time? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I love it. Melissa, we're going to get all the links to Grace and Lace and Angel House and, and everything connected to you up on our website. But we just let people know as we're wrapping up, where is the best place to follow you and find out more about what you're doing?
1: Yeah, you can. I mean, obviously our products are up for sale on grace but i'm super super active on social media love interacting with our following so grace and lace on facebook on Insta grace and lace co on instagram and are really where i love to hang out and, and interact
0: awesome thanks so much melissa for being here have a great day okay thanks thanks Aaron. thank you for listening to this week's episode if you enjoyed our conversation please be sure to rate and review us on itunes If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode, or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at biblebells.com.